Hello there. Welcome back to another episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. I'm Eli. I'm Jacob. And this is episode 96. 96 of Star Wars in a Galaxy. We are back. We are doing another two episodes of Droids today. The third and fourth episodes in the Tamuzan arc, which are the Pirates of Tarnunga and the Revenge of Kaibo Ren. Great episodes today. So, I'm very excited to get into these in, into both these episodes. Jacob, you have anything to do before say before we jump into these summaries? Let's get it. In the Pirates of Tarnuga, Jessica Mead, R2D2, and C3PO are transporting an important fuel shipment to King Julpa on Tamuzan. Jan Tosh is escorting them, but their freighter is attacked and boarded by Kaibo Ren and his crew who are piloting stolen Imperial TIE fighters. They're taken to the water planet of Tarnuga, where the pirates have their hideout. The droids and Jan are brought to Kaibo's court. Jan is thrown to a sea monster off a skiff, but he is rescued by C-3PO and R2-D2. Kaibo tries to convince Jess to join him. Meanwhile, Jan and the droids are being chased through the pirate base, but Jess rescues them just when they are cornered by Kaibo Ren. Ren heads into space, pursued by Jan and the droids, but they are, they are trapped and cornered and brought aboard the Demolisher, Kaibo Ren's Star Destroyer. However, once aboard, C-3PO and R2-D2 do manage to sabotage the Demolisher, and it is revealed that R2-D2 and C-3PO and company, they were actually the decoys all along for the real fuel shipment, which had already safely passed. All right, and in the revenge of Kaibo Ren, Opa and his court on Tamuzan traveled to meet with the warrior chief, warrior chieftain Toda, um, and his children to discuss an alliance to form against the evil pirate Kaibo Ren Shaw. And while this is happening, Kaibo Ren manages to escape his imprisonment by King Manjulpa and kidnap Toda's daughter Jaren, and he takes him to his hideout. He takes her to his hideout on the planet of Bogdan. C-3PO and R2-D2, along with their masters, rush to the rescue, getting getting Jaren back and fighting these beasts called and and and, and well and well it seems like uh Toda is is going to trade Monjulpa in, turn Monjulpa into the Kaibo Ren to save his daughter's life. It turns out that they're playing a uh, they're playing a sneaky on Kaibo Ren all along and they managed to fight and kill a significant number of Kaibo Ren's forces before forcing them to flee and getting back to the planet of Tamuzan safe. So Jacob, actually, before we get into this, I want to talk to you a bit about structure of this show, because I didn't, because I, I made a guess on, I think, either the last episode or this episode. I forget which one it was. No, not that, either one episode or two episodes ago about how this series would go. And I was wrong. And so I'm going to update you on, on how I was wrong and what's going on with this series, okay? Okay. I thought today we were going to end the Tamuzan arc. But as mm. you noticed, there wasn't a great ending to this arc. If yeah. it was the ending. That's because this episode, because that's because the Revenge of Kaiba Ren is not the end of the arc. Th this is not a four-episode arc. This is a five-episode arc. The next episode oh we have, Kobe and Star Hunters, is the final episode of this arc. It's weird. Don't ask. Oh. Me. And then, so and then the other thing we have next time that TV special, Great Heap, 
which is going to be twice the length of a regular droids episode so we're going to actually have like an hour's worth of stuff to watch next week instead of the normal 40 minutes okay. that begins the mungo baobab arc which is the final arc mm-hmm. which i believe mm-hmm. is that in five episodes i think is what i it's what i know yeah i think it's great heap and then the tales of the rune comets the rune games that, that's actually not true it's it's the great heap in four episodes so tale of the rune comets rune games across the rune sea and the frozen citadel so it's Four, five, and five, basically, which is weird. But yeah, that's why I, I totally thought we were going to be finishing the Timuzan arc today. We're not. We got one more mm, to go. I see. Um, one more. We so, got. This. But 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 these two are very exciting in this arc because you know, th- this is what I'm actually most excited about with this arc because you know the first two episodes were definitely our propulsion into this conflict, but these last three, especially this these two, I I don't know much about the third one, but I, assume it's pretty similar it's like 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 yeah there, there are conflicts in them but they're not the conflict like like they resolved the original conflict in the first in the second episode yeah. you know what i mean they kicked the vizier's ass back to where he came from and the vizier's not coming back yeah. now they're having to deal with the after effects of kaimo ren which is a completely different story still with the same people still with the same society but different story which is interesting yeah I was especially a fan of the the Pirates of the Pirates of Tarnuga episode. Yeah, absolutely. I really liked. I just thought it was one of the best episodes yet. I thought it was really, really charming and and hilarious. I really think it kind of nails the the lighthearted romp, the best of any episode. Yeah, yeah of, of anyone I, that we've of any of these that we've watched so far. Uh, yeah, I think the Pirates the of Tarn. I think the Pirates of Tarnuga is so far my favorite of the Tamuzan arc. The, the the first and last episodes of the Throng Gang arc, the first one, the White Witch, and the last one, A Race to the Finish, still kind of like hold up there for me, but Pirates of Tarnunga is, is, is getting up there for me. I, I enjoyed the Throng Gang. I enjoyed the Throng Gang one a lot, but I think this is my, <clears throat> of the ones that we've seen so far, definitely my favorite, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it, 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 there, there's there's some just interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I like, first of all, that like, you know, like we're still with them. Like we're still with Monjulpa and Jan and Jessica are loyal to Monjulpa. Like I, I like that we're continuing on with this thread and that it wasn't just a one-time mission, that they were actually convinced yeah. them to join the cause. Yeah, I think it's good that they kind of established a little bit of continuity because that was something I felt it kind of lacking from the short, you know the short from gang arc and then you know transit that kind of jarring i found it to be a jarring transition a little bit trying to get into this show but now it feels like it's kind of starting to starting to spread its wings again so to say absolutely yeah and there's there's just some there, there's just i i really like this episode just as a whole because of you know it's interesting because you think after you res- we they restored Monjulpa to power, you think the problems would be fixed. You think the arc would end, but maintaining the peace is a lot harder than getting it in the first place. Which I think is a really yeah, interesting like, they- like commentary on this arc because you usually you usually have that final victory and that's the fu- that's the end of the story arc or the end of the story journey. But no, you have to maintain that shit a little bit too. And Kaibo Ren, his pirates are not letting Monjulpa get off easy. Yeah, I like how they kind of take the extra step, you know, keep it from being too, <laughs> sorry, 
keep it from being too just you know mission of the day it kind of it made me think of like yeah like an earlier like season one of the clone wars for example like would have ended it after that second episode after jolpa's back in power but this feels more like a late season clone wars type of story to make that comparison i think just in terms of you know how it's structured how they're how they're spending their episodes i will say this and this is like one of my biggest critiques with both of these episodes and i wish we got this a little bit more explained why do kaibo ren and his pirates care still like the vizier's gone. The people who I assume I assume were hiring them to do this are like you know they're not no longer an influence. Why do they still care about this planet anymore? Yeah, that's a good point. I think I think the one thing that was lacking from this episode, from the two that we watched, but especially this one, I think, is kind of how do I? I feel like the ex for this episode, the execution was good enough that I was just kind of drawn in, and I overlooked the flaws. But like exactly what you said, you know, when you really, when you really think about it, you know, what are they, what are the pirates there for? Why is this all and I happening? Didn't need it kind of feels a little bit taken for granted. And I didn't need a long, complicated answer, or like some like complicated backstory, but like seriously, just a, oh, this planet is a good staging location for where they are in the galaxy. And they could use that to to become a bigger crime gang in the galaxy. That's really all we needed. The next, the next Aldani question mark. The, it, the, the, the or the next like the, like like basically it's it's the it's the it's the From gang all over again actually because that's what the From yeah. gang we're trying to do. They're trying to be like I I love the idea that constantly that that would be a running bit that constantly three PO and R two are fighting gangs that want to be the biggest in the galactic underworld and they always yeah. fail and they always fail at being the biggest because c3po and r2 they're basically c3po and r2 and their masters are a more effective at more effective at controlling crime than the empire ever has been and ever will be and i think that's yeah freaking hilarious <laughs> yeah c3po is basically robocop c3po is basically though, a robocop <laughs> Yeah. It is interesting that we are halfway, almost halfway through a season of a Star Wars show that takes place in the Age of the Empire, made in 1980, 1985, and so far, we've seen almost none of the Empire. We've just we, seen organized crime. I was going to say, we've seen Imperial symbology. That's what we get into this arc, because, you know, the- That is um, true, yeah. We, they, they fly TIE Fighters. Um, that they had to have stolen from the Empire. They don't say that, but you said that, and I, that's what I reasoned as well. They Doesn't didn't he say they, that he stole his Star Destroyer too. They, they stole the Star Destroyer. They borrowed the Star Destroyer while it was yeah. while it was docked for repairs, which reminded me, it's kind of like a mission that the Bad Batch undergoes in the eighth episode of of the season called Truth or Consequences. Except for instead of stealing information from a Star Destroyer, they're stealing the entire goddamn Star Destroyer. Um, mm. Because because in yeah. that mission, the Star Destroyer is undergoing repairs, or it's like undergoing like some sort of like pre pre docking process onto its next mission, or something like that. So I kind of imagine that like that that this was the same thing with with Kaibo Ren and his his men, but instead of just stealing the information, they stole the entire fucking vehicle, yeah. which is which is really gutsy. 
Um, I also really love speaking of that, that, that they, that, that, that when Jan asks them about stealing that Star Destroyer, Kaiba Ren's like, yeah, nobody's going to notice though. Like nobody's going to care. It's one Star Destroyer. Yeah. And he's completely right. Nobody is going to care. You know? Yeah. Uh, maybe the Canon yes. Empire would care a bit more, but I'm not, I'm still not certain that they would absolutely send everything they had after one Star Destroyer. They've got hundreds and yeah, thousands no, of those things. Why, why would they care? Like, why would they care about, like, this was an isolated incident. Why would they care about one? Yeah. No. Um, definitely, and, definitely. and a few and and a few tie fighters along with it you know like like the empire the empire can extend to stain that numeric damage because their whole thing is like ridiculous numbers not just like crazy numbers but like they have so many star stories they have so many tie fighters so many stormtroopers so many of this so many of that and and if yeah, one strength goes, and numbers yeah and radical expendability radical expendability absolutely yeah uh, I think but... in I can't remember what source it was, but somewhere I think it might have been let in Legends. Maybe they said there was something like, like like something in the magnitude like twenty five thousand. They were like, oh, we we have twenty five thousand Imperial class Star Destroyers, something like that. That sounds about right. Yeah, like it, it was something where I was just like, well, if you look at it that way, dude, how can you? How can everyone afford not to steal a Star Destroyer? Like they don't care that much. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, here's the thing: was it easy for Kaiba Ren's gang to do it? Probably not. Like, like I don't think yeah. the Empire just let them take it. But like, after they took it, which is an impressive feat in and of, in and of itself, like after they took it, like I'm not convinced that the Empire was like, "Shit, we gotta get that starter short back." Yeah, I mean, it, it all comes down to kind of, and this is something that's interesting actually, which is how the portrayal of the empire has changed over time and is so radically different because you compare yeah. you compare this empire to the empire in andor for example night and day you know absolutely 100%. they're scary like locking down like no matter even though and, and i'm sure that the empire like, is scary in the droids like universe as well my thing is yeah, yeah no absolutely but like yeah. it, it, we know the kind of show that droids is like it's not the same kind of show as as an Andor or even a a Rebels or a I'm I'm not it's not a criticism. I'm I'm just yeah. saying it it no, influences how like how the Empire is seen and how that influences This is the, not a show the, about space fascism. The brass tacks of the lore is what yeah. I'm trying to say, I guess. And my thing about but we'll that, see about this show and why it hasn't covered the empire because i do agree with you that it's an interesting thing that it doesn't really cover the empire but i think i know the reason why well, why do you think it doesn't because again we got to think about the time this was made these episodes were put released around, around the end of 1985 all they had about the empire at that point was the information revealed in a new hope the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and that's basically, and maybe some other ancillary sources, but the prequels didn't exist, so they didn't know how the Empire was made, how long, like, how long it had been around, and I think that they, may, maybe this was a Lucas thing, I think this is, I think that's my, my best guess, is it's probably a Lucas thing, that Lucas didn't want them exploring the empire too too much because 
I think he always had a feeling in the back of his mind that he would go back one day and explore the Empire through the prequels. Yeah. Lucas has done this a lot. We know this from, from hearing from people who've worked with him, where he's like, hey, I might want to explore this in the future. Maybe stay away from that area. Yeah, for may, a while. Maybe don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe the, the don't cover interesting... maybe don't cover like th- this was a whole thing. Like there were like 16 different attempts in Legends to to get a grip on who's who Luke's mother was. And each time Lucas would be like, maybe have it be a fake or bad information or something, because I want to explore who Luke's mom is. Uh, in a good thing they held off on that one yeah or like or after like the days of the prequels they did a few wookiee jedi and then lucas was like i don't know i don't think wookiees are that likely to become jedi of course then flash forward like 10 years later he makes gunji who is a wookiee jedi proving him wrong you gotta um, but but even but there's that even that line in the clone wars and this is i think out of a commentary i so I forget who this was. I feel like it was it was it might have been a friend of the show, Jared the Dark Jedi. I'm not sure, but but like there's a line in the Clone Wars where 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 Hu Yang says to Gunji that Wookies are considered rare among Jedi. And oh yes, I remember that. The idea is yeah. that Lucas wanted to restrict the number of Wookie Jedi's so that he could have a Wookie Jedi and then say, "Oh, this is special," and not just be. Like Wookiee plus Jedi is not just the sum of its parts. It's something even more special. But that's just a giant tangent to basically say that I think that Lucas knew he was going to be doing more exploring in the galaxy far, far away sometime. Again, this is two years, about three after he after Return of the Jedi was released. He wouldn't come back into Star Wars storytelling or like have that desire for another 10, 11 years until he starts writing The Phantom Menace in 96 1997 i think it is but i i i thought i thought he finished the first draft in 1995 something like that anyway i thought it was even earlier it it, it could have been like the point remains the same the point remains remains the same yeah the point remains i think he knew he was coming back at some point Um, oh absolutely i mean and and, and people people kind of sorry go ahead and also, like, like the idea, like that—that's the other thing. Like, Lucasfilm definitely did, and between '83 when when freaking Jedi released, and and '95, '96 when Lucas started working on Phantom Menace, yeah, they Luke Lucasfilm was not as like crazy with producing Star Wars stuff that much. But I will remind you that Temple of Doom was released in '84. The Last Crusade was '89. Willow was '88. The special editions were were ninety seven and ninety eight, and they had to be working on that way before because Lucas made all of his changes. So it's not like Lucasfilm was doing nothing. I I think yeah. that Lucas just needed a break because of the strain that the original trilogy put on him, and also because he was going through a divorce because mm. of the strain yeah. that the original trilogy put on him. This is a long digression, basically just to say that I think he 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 he, he always intended to come back to exploring more of the Empire. But he didn't want any. He didn't want it, any them to break any groundbreaking new lore. Yeah. When he yeah, didn't I have as makes, much control. That that makes sense. That makes sense to me. I understand why he did that. What's impressive to me, honestly, is how natural it. Even like knowing the context of when this came out, it's honestly impressive to me, at least, how natural it feels just to have a show with pretty much no force pretty much no empire and at no at very at very few points was i ever kind of left 
wondering, hey, isn't this Star Wars? It felt really Yeah. It felt really good. It it flowed. Definitely worked. I think but that, you know, there there's like also credit enough, to the show. They make it work. Yeah. There's enough reference, like like one of my favorite references to make sure you know that it's still Star Wars. When oh, Jan yeah, is sentenced to death on Tarnunga. I don't know if you saw this, but Jan is getting pushed off of a skiff off of a plank by a gangster to be fed to a monster in an in a execution that fails with R2 and 3PO standing. Wait, this is just Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I, I when I, I think I wrote in my notes in all caps, I wrote seriously, seriously. I I, I literally I said like... I I I, li- I said in my notes. What did I say? Wait, wait I said wait, wait, wait. Hero gets sentenced to death by criminal through the form of digestion by creature on skiff. I see you, droids. I see you, and and it's, we we uh... all. We we all see I will say, uh, droids. Yeah, and and I, I and I will also say that Jacob, can we agree? Like I know it, the technical name of this creature is a Miradon, but it's a space Loch Ness monster. Okay. Oh my gosh! It is a. It looks exactly like a. God, yeah, Loch Ness it's monster. It's a space Mosasaurus, whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah. it's a space 100%. Loch Ness monster. You can't convince me otherwise. I, I every time they said Miradon, I just replaced it in my head with spaced Loch Ness monster. Oh yeah, which absolutely. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I will just say, I will say, we love to talk about, we love to talk, talk about, you know, the poetry of Star Wars and tapestry. It's like poetry at rhymes. I will say, with this whole skiff scene, it's a thin line sometimes between poetry and plagiarism, self plagiarism. Well, that, yeah, that Star Wars likes to commit sometimes. It's it's self plagiarism. Hey, wasn't at even least like no Star Wars the same kind at, of skiff. At least Star Wars <laughs> never the copied the shot sequence from the skiff scene of Return of the Jedi, frame for frame. Except for oh wait, they actually did do that in the Clone Wars. When, wait, wait, which episode? Slaves of the Republic. Remember the middle episode of the Digeria arc? Oh. Where, yeah, with Anakin where, in, the, with, in the arena. With the shots of Anakin and R2 and Ahsoka and Obi-Wan. It's, it's, it is it's filmed the exact same way. Anakin yeah. does the exact same trick that Luke will do like 20 years later. Yeah. So Those are some pretty legendary episodes, though. Yeah, no, opinion. absolutely. Some of the, some of the best of the yeah. cars. Yeah. No, I, I'm not. And I, I think I'm less bothered by that stuff than you are. I don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm not bothered by it. I just think it's funny. You know, I, I think I it's, think I it's think funny. It's, I, don't, I don't think it's some, yeah. I don't think it's any kind of glaring creative. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's so, yeah. it's so kind of brazen and in your face here. It, it, it's, it, well, that's Star Wars though. You know what I mean? Like, especially, I mean, but like for the first content, for the yeah. first Star Wars thing to come out since Return of the Jedi, to immediately have a scene that is just a carbon copy of a scene in Return of the Jedi, but with water instead of sand, it feels a little weird to me. I'm not going to lie. It does feel, that, that, it does feel that, a little weird to me. That, 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 if that's that the is, biggest complaint... Yeah, so be it. If that's the biggest complaint I can have about this episode, I'm not complaining. By the way, what is it with... And this is something I, th- that's true in both of these episodes. Because Kaibo captures Jessica in this episode, and then he yes. captures Jaren in the next episode, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and... He doesn't do anything to them, but like, it was clearly a, it. Like, like I, it wasn't in the story for this purpose, but it was one of those clearly. I want the girl, and like, I don't want to say this to like because this is this sounds weird and totally like 
at left field, but like there was some definitely rapey vibes going on there. Yeah, it's one of those one of those kind of cliche. Yeah, uh, it's that cliche we all know and maybe don't love. Yeah, I, I was wondering how there. far they were going to go with it, and they didn't go far at all. I will say though, the underwater chase scene was unexpectedly delightful. I thought it the music. Yeah, I will say the yeah, visuals, I will say that everything too, yeah. like I think it kind of just nailed. It just nailed the the tone, the vibe that this show was going for. It just it just nails the kind of you know carefree, goofy adventure vibe that the show is going going for. And I, I I've really come around to to what the show does tonally, you know, with the characters, you know, the little creative liberties that they that they take, the little the silliness that they, they engage in, you could say. I've 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 found myself really, really digging it, actually. A little unexpected, but you know, here we are. Yeah. I think that I think this this show definitely has a unique tone of it. I think that like here's my thing about this. Like, I'm not saying that I love this show more than anything. I but I think it's an important thing for Star Wars fans to watch. I think this show is, and I and I've been trying to say this over the last few episodes, but I I I think it's something I've more said in my head than on this show. So I'm going to say it out loud. I think that people need to watch at least a few episodes of this show as a Star Wars fan, especially in this day and age, because. All of the goofiness complaints, all of the silliness complaints, all the plot hole complaints apply completely here. But this show doesn't care about any of those complaints. And I think people should, as a whole in this fan base, not get too preachy, stop caring about those goofiness things. Because Star Wars has always been a goofy space fantasy about, you know, wizards and stuff like that. And, you know, the... Oh, I, I always say, like, the great Ken Napsok would, uh, and like all credit to him for doing this. It's about the why, not about the how. It doesn't matter how the story yeah. goes down. It matters what, what we're learning from it, what the characters are going through, and what it teaches us. And I think Droids actually does a really good job of embracing the why, not the how. Again, it's a kid's show made in the 80s, back when Star Wars didn't really know what it was, so that inhibits it a little bit but like for the circumstances it does i think the best it could do yeah no i i absolutely <clears throat> i absolutely agree with you on that one hit the you nailed it what else do you have for this well what else do you I, have for this episode there, there's there's there are several things that i love they do yeah c-3po they do c-3po dirty a lot in this show like the thing where he like he like some of the things in this show he just falls and like breaks part of himself and just has to crouch walk around yeah for like five minutes and like episode. when he fights like, people like from? like like c-3po all the time c-3po tries to engage in violence despite like the numerous times in the original trilogy he, he tells us he's not about that life is just fucking hilarious yeah and and it goes from being timid c-3po to all of a sudden you know Whenever, whenever the the moment calls for it, I'll just do a twenty foot, seven twenty backflip through the air and stick a perfect landing. Then he'll just go right back and be like, "Oh my goodness, dearie me, good yep. gracious!" It, it's so it what, is what is even happening? What is even happening yeah. right now? Like, I, I also think amazing, but I'm so that, confused. Yeah, I also think that like there's some of the like absolutely a lot of the ways they escape in these episodes, and this is true for droids, are quite convenient. But I find it funny how they do it, how they make the convenient escapes. 
Like, I love that one of the, the ways that, that Jessica escapes with the help of C-3PO and R2 and, blah, blah, and those people from Kylo Ren is basically by playing Go Fetch with Kylo Ren. Yeah. Like, Kylo that, Ren that turns into a dog was, for a minute. With the randomly. Droid, she, I was just like, you got it. That was just, that was just so odd, and I'm like, right that was just so weird. I'm like, you know what? I can't, like... There's nothing I can say that will ever justify this moment in one way or the other. Like, there's nothing I can say that can convince me that this is a good moment. And there's also nothing I can convince myself to say it's a bad moment. So I'm just going to go with it. I, like, they did what they did. It was a small part of the episode. How do I feel about it? Yes, I feel about it. I feel very about it. I'm I'm still not exactly sure how I feel about it, but I feel very about it. One uh, of the moments of all time. In yes, Star Wars. one of the moments of all time. Absolutely. And what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. And and then R2, this, this is my favorite part. When R2, at the end of the episode, loads the rockets into the Star Destroyer's oh, munitions yeah. cannons the wrong way. That's R2 in his being a little bastard mode. And I love R2 in his being a little bastard mode. It makes me so happy when he's being a little bastard. And then he just casually loads the the other droid in there too. Yeah, just 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 just, just send, send that droid to its doom casually, you know, just because I was like, yeah. you gotta be, yeah, be kidding me right now. It, it's it's yeah, it's 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 very funny. And then we learned that the whole thing was set up, and they pulled sneaky on them, which good twist. Got gotta say, fooled me. And I think, unless you got anything else to say, Jacob, I wanted to put one line in here that I just, that references, that doesn't reference something because that something hadn't happened yet, but I think it's funny still. Do it. C-3PO, after R2 destroyed, sabotage is the thing, after the Star Destroyer, he goes, I think you overdid it this time, R2, which reminded me of a certain man after creating a certain Star Wars movie saying, I may have gone too far in a few places. <laughs> It's I just can apply to most of Star Wars as well. <laughs> I, I may have gone too far in a few places. I, I may have gone too far in a few places. It, it is I, it, <laughs> I, 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 I used to say that my favorite it. quote from Lucas is the hopefully little work after the it's like poetry quote. No, it's I may have gone too far in a few places. I love it. It's brilliant. It's, he's Lucas. screening a Star Wars movie for the crew that made it, and he's go, he whispers to Rick McCallum. He's going, like, I've gone too far in a few places. Like, what are you doing, he, man? He has some all-time... George Lucas does some all-time quotes. He's got some all-timers, for sure. Yes, I'm also put for... Jade I was going to say, I did not create Mara Jade. I didn't... I, oh, oh out, that was a out. bit. Get out. Out. I need you to get out. That, that one gets me every time. That yeah, one gets it, me every time. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't even know who that guy was. One more thing about this episode, actually. Absolutely. Um, so I, I couldn't help but notice the design of Kaiba Ren's Star Destroyer, Star Destroyer sorry, looked awfully familiar. Now, I did a little digging. This is actually a Gladiator-class Star Destroyer. Interesting. What does um, that mean? It was originally brought into canon. It was, it, this was the... It, it was ex It's extensively used in, in various... Um, legends legends books and 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 comics and and what have you for the empire and it was originally brought into canon in the nexus of power book which is a supplement book for the force and destiny star wars role-playing game that is deep that is so very a, deep so this is insanely so this kind of star destroyer i was shocked the gladiator um, class star destroyer is canon is what you're yeah. saying and and he wasn't actually being he wasn't actually maybe he was trying to be funny when he said oh i'm sorry it's a little well, Ken and Cabo Ren say something when he brought them aboard. He says something along the lines of, oh, I'm sorry, it's a little small. Something like that. 
Now this start of story was 600 meters long as opposed to the 1600 meters of the uh, of the, the imperial, imperial star destroyer yeah um, i didn't also, notice we, it seemed about... pretty small comparatively yeah. i'm like is that just in this universe like is that just in this art style the star destroyers are smaller but no this is an actual smaller star destroyer yeah also can we talk about how r2d2 and c3po have a bath toys in their oil <laughs> bath I wrote that out of my notes. That? I was going to skip over that, but I'm so glad you picked it. Uh, you, you, that's that, that, that's fantastic. It was delightful. It's that's delightfully just, goofy. That, it, that was the moment when I was like, hey, sorry, go ahead. Th that was uh, one of my, and I don't have many of these moments in Star Wars, but I'm always glad when I do have one of them. It, that was my, ah moment. Yeah. That was the moment I said, this show needs to be protected at all costs. C-3PO, R2-D2, everyone involved in this scene in any way, they need to be protected at all costs. Yeah, R2 and C-3PO take baths together. They have else. their favorite TV shows. You know, like, protect these just, protect just droid, these baby boys. Just droid stuff, you know? Just just droid just a stuff. Of, just a couple of boys. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Revenge of Kaibo Ren. Uh, yeah. I don't know, where do you want to start with this one? Because I, I was a little more mixed. I was a little more mixed on this episode, to be honest. With this you. one, um, th this one's a really interesting episode. So we have this conflict in the episode that I was confused about earlier, but I think makes a tiny bit more sense to me now. And I'll tell you why after I explain the conflict. And that conflict is between Toda and Monjulpa, Lord Toda and Monjulpa. Yeah. Which, and, and absolutely it looks like they don't trust each other at the beginning. And, yes. and 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 it seems like the entire time Toad is going out of the way to either betray Monjulpa or make his life more difficult. But then yes. we but then we reveal that at the end that he would that they were trying to play with Kaibo Ren to to make sure that Toda's daughter got safety safely anyway because they didn't trust Kaibo Ren to his word, which is a good thing because he doesn't keep it. So I wonder yeah. how much of that drama was actually real. And not like I believe they had issues with each other, but I'm not sure how much. Like I'm not sure how much that actually affected this episode. I think they made it seem like it did, but I don't know if it actually did. Yeah, I, I, that wasn't one of the things that really stuck out to me about this episode, to be honest. Um, but I mean, I do, I do agree that there is some kind of. The ambiguity there a little bit yeah a little bit it, of confusion maybe so yeah i don't know it's a it's an interesting question for sure it is an yeah. interesting question yeah absolutely it it, it is it it, it the, the, there are those times and we've done this thing where like oh the heroes plan a scheme to trick the villains but not all the heroes know it and we figure out we, we've done that a few times now and it's oh, always interesting it, it's always interesting to figure out how much like to try and think about how much each of them knows in the plan knows and how like what was yeah. real and what was in the play acting of yeah we need to get this mission done by any means possible even if it's by trickery yeah i don't know i, I it makes sense either way to me I, I wasn't really i don't know it didn't occur to me to put too much stock into it i i guess yeah. um, i i i put stock into it in the beginning but now that i'm thinking about it like it's like yeah i, I like i i was i was i was wondering why they were such a because they never really explained why they hated each other yeah um, but 
I, I don't really feel like they needed to for this episode. I feel like they hate each other and then they work together, but we don't know it for the entire episode is a decent enough storyline. Yeah. I just think, you know, with Jupa, Jupa with, I, you know, you had, you had Jess, you had Jan. It's just not where, it's not where my mind went for this next episode. And I think that's one so, of the things. So where did it go? I was expecting more of a continuation. I, I I don't know exactly how to describe. It just felt something about the way they transitioned from last episode to this episode and the way that they shifted the focus of it. It just didn't feel... I don't know. It felt a little bit stilted. It didn't feel like... Maybe that maybe this was just me, you know, obvious I guess it's just a personal matter of personal preference. It's just not where I envisioned or hoped the story might have gone. If that if that makes sense. Not really. Explain more. How do I I think you know you have Kaibo Ren and he's plotting and what's his name? Jin. Jin oh, Uba, Jin, the first Jin mate. Uba, I think. Uh, Jin Uba. He's breaking Ren free, and then... Jin Oba. Jin Oba. Uh, Jin Oba. I think it's just a matter of... of it just felt like things happened without... I don't know. It it's it felt kind of like things just happened for the sake of of things happening. Especially I see where with you're. The, I see um, where you're going with this. The, the things that the, the things Garen didn't... escaping the the sung sungwas. How would yeah the sungwas. I yeah, I, I, I see, what you're, I see like, what you're trying to yeah. say. It you, for you, it felt like the plot happened just to happen. Like it was undoing a lot of the stuff that the last episode had just done, just to cause another episode to happen. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a that's a that's a good way of putting it. That's a, yeah. that's a good way of putting it. I understand that. I'm not sure if I, I'm not sure generally if I agree, and even if I did, it it it's not that I think your opinion is wrong. I I just like I don't know. It just for me didn't impact the episode as much. I I definitely don't like this episode as no, much that's... as the the Pirates of Tarnunga, but I don't think like I don't think that affected my watch of the episode. That's perfectly understandable. Yeah. That's, that's perfectly understandable. What did affect this my watch of this episode, and I, I will say why I think this episode is not as good as the Pirates of Tarnuga, is I feel like it kind of has a lot of the same story beats. Mm. I feel like it's kind of just the same story over again. Just like replace a few details. I, I guess I could see that a little bit. I think I could see through. Yeah, I guess like C3PO's part in it leading way the sim was you know and then the and like the fake out of the heroes yeah. you know they do both of right. the fake outs and yeah like and like the 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 them playing games and like the whole like oh we trick you at the end into believing x but actually y is true i feel like a lot of the same beats were covered in this episode and they were covered up well enough that it took me a while to notice but like you know i think um, there's yeah i think the main thing is the fake that like fake out yeah the, the fake, fake out, out story beat that just like using that as like a major crux of the episode two two times in a row yeah it's a little it's a little rough maybe 
yeah not, and i mean it's not the end of the world it's not the end of yeah. the world and, and i will and and, and and that's the thing and and i think this is the, i think this is interesting because it calls into like the you know the idea of how droids villain should behave because mm. after the first two episodes of droids tig from looked like an idiot but the, but the from gang was a dangerous gang and size looked like he has some extra tricks up his sleeve after yeah. the third and fourth episodes both of them looked like complete and utter idiots and how the hell did they manage to get as far as they did and I feel like the yeah. same thing is happening with Kylo Ren a little bit right now, honestly. I feel like you're just being he's, too too incompetent, kind of. I think he's he's being incompetent just one too many times. Like yeah. that that it's starting to, and I don't think it's it's becoming this way, but I think it's starting to become a little bit too. It's go, going a little bit too far, I guess you would say. Yeah, um, I think I, I think it did feel. I think it did feel a little bit in this episode, like his kind of incompetence. It kind of felt like a a crutch. Yeah, absolutely. At times, a little bit. Just I will just say not, that. Not, yeah. Yeah, I will say that I do love the I did love the running bit of every time he'd go, no one escapes the wrath of Kaibo Ren. He would almost always get interrupted. Yeah, by something that was, like, that, I, I like that the show. Yeah, I like that the show can be kind of campy like that and doesn't take yeah. itself. Obviously, we we know it doesn't. We know it doesn't take itself Too that seriously. seriously. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. we've watched it. <laughs> yeah, um, no, absolutely. So, yeah. But also, just saying like the words "Kaibo Ren Star Destroyer" and like the wrath of Kaibo Ren, like. It's so weird because, and then, yeah. I know we talked about this with, with, I believe it was with Michael in our premiere episode, but like the fact that, or in like, or in the second episode of the season, I forgot which one it was, but like the fact that his name is Kaibo Ren, spelled the exact same except for a B instead of an L, is just too funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. I thought, like, oh, that show's that show is never going to see the light of day again. It's fine. Yeah, then then puts it on and Disney then, Plus. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. There's uh, lots of things that sound alike in Star Wars. Yeah, here's another Can't one that I want. Them. Here's what I wanted. Here's another one I want to point out to you. This, I mean, I'm sure you were going to bring this up sooner rather than later. So the base of Kaibo Ren is on the planet of Bogdan, which is another pre-reference, like Boonta is, because you know Bogdan appears. Bogdan, right? The Bogdan appears in in this episode, which premiered in 1985 late 1985 and script writing for attack of the clones started in early to mid 2000 so Damn. it was about 15 cut. 16 years until lucas pulled the name from droids back again for not only clones but also if you remember bounty hunter the last mission takes place on one of the moons of bogdan where jango fett kills kamari bosa and then is recruited by count Dooku to be a template in his clone army could um, forget yeah, pivotal moment in the saga, but uh, it's just interesting to to see like like what they thought Bogdan looked like all these times ago, and it looks like Dagobah. It looks it, it looks like Dagobah light. Yeah, it does. It's 
the, yeah. like like uh, like like it's cool. It's a swamp planet, but it's Dangela. Yeah, I mean it's a big galaxy. You know, we got yeah, we've got quite a few Tatooines at this point. Oh, we've absolutely. Got a couple of uh, got a couple of uh, Rocket of Primes, maybe. Yeah, a couple, couple of Hoths. Uh, yeah, a couple of Hoths, couple of not Coruscant. Yeah, sure, Coruscant. Couple, couple of, of Alderons. Or Mantell. Or uh, like Alderon or Hosnian Prime or Dayu. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We could go. Um, we could go. Yeah, we, we we could go <laughs> on, but but yeah, I I also just love these these Sungwa beasts are really really weird. Oh yeah, they're the oddest. They're they're just they're just strange and, and like and, and like apparently. Uh, I'm looking on the Wikipedia page for it. Resembling a nightmarish cross of wolf and weasel. So basically they're supposed to be if a wolf and a weasel had a baby, which I don't want to imagine. So That sounds a weasel with that size? Get out yeah, of here. That's terrifying. No, uh, that is yeah. terrifying. It, it's just, there, 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 there's just that, that, that. I struggle sometimes with the creatures. Of the, the creatures of the show are very hit or miss for me. I feel like the 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 Durky from the last two episodes was a miss. I feel like the 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 Noir was a miss. I feel like the the Space Lock Death Monster, which I even forgot the name of now because I've just been so calling it the Miradon. I think that's a hit. Like I like that. Sometimes they work for me. Sometimes they don't. I don't know. Yeah, they're just trying stuff. They're just they're trying just stuff, trying and I stuff. admire the it's effort great. honestly. Yeah, and so the final episode ends with Jessica Mead leaving, and she's we're probably not going to see her in this show again, even though we have mm. one episode left in this arc and more episodes left in the show altogether. I quite like the character of Jessica Mead. The only thing I didn't like about her is because is that she had a too normal of a name. Yeah, but it was um, it's a little jarring, but you know it, Jessica, it, it was you know? yeah it it was a little all jarring. the better all the better. Yeah. I, I do like I did I did like in which one was it in Pirates of Tarduga I did like when she rescues she rescues the droids and Jan then Jan says we were just about to rescue you she basically says yeah sure you were yeah no that's a, that's a classic Star Wars dynamic absolutely yeah. do you have anything uh, else yeah that's for... another that's another Star Wars is a flash circle moment for sure yeah do you have do you have any oh, other sure. other thoughts about either of these two episodes or should we that's that's it that's it for me I think that's gonna be it for this episode of Star Wars in the Galaxy next week next week we hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Epic Confrontations Derek versus Bill up on the In the Galaxy YouTube channel thanks for for, to all those people with our participation for that. Next week, we are going to be covering the next two episodes, or the next episode and then a TV special, which is more like a double-length episode. Um, Kobe and the Star Hunters, and then the special, which is called Great. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter, at In a Galaxy Pod, Instagram, at Star Wars In a Galaxy. You listen to, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, where if you listen to your podcast, we will be there. If we're not, email us galaxy at gmail.com and you can follow my personal account at oshifan327 you can subscribe to our youtube channel and click the notification bell so you don't miss an upload from us or a live stream or whatever it is hope you all enjoyed that bracket stream again by the way another plug for that and i think until next time may the force be with you always always